Good morning. You know, today is Palm Sunday, and in the midst of all the uh, uncertainty that we have, it's nice to have a time and a season where we know we can come back and, and basically start again and um, kind of reset everything, and it gives us markers in time to do that. Um, you know, there are a lot of beautiful and awe-inspiring mountains in the world. You know, you think about the Himalayas, you think about uh, the Alps, the Rockies. Uh, I'm from Oregon, even the Cascade Range. They're all pointing to God in their own unique ways. Um, but there's really not a mountain that is more important, I want to say, to all of human history and, and even to the future than the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Um, it was there on that eastern slope that our Lord uh, made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem over palm branches just a few days before uh, he was crucified. It was on this mountain that scripture records for all posterity the weeping of Christ. And on the eastern slope of the mountain in the village of Bethany, he wept over our sorrows. And on the western slope of the Mount of Olives, overlooking the city of Jerusalem, he wept over our sin. I want to read out of Luke chapter 19, if I might. It's a little bit lengthy, but uh, hang with me. If you would open your scripture um, to Luke chapter 19. Uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 28 and down through verse 44. Um, and then we'll move on from there. But, uh, this is what God's word says. It says, after he had said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he approached Bethphage and Bethany near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of, uh, excuse me, go into the village ahead of you. There as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has yet ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You should say, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them, as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, even the rocks will cry out. When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side and they will level you to the ground and your children within you and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Would you pray with me? 
Loving Father, we thank you for your word and we ask God that you would just melt our hearts with your Holy Spirit. Father, that you would melt the hearts of stone. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift that you've given us in Jesus. I pray that you would guide us, that you would uh, teach us your word. Father, that we would love you with all of our heart. We thank you for this time. Guide us as we study your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, many people believe that Palm Sunday is all about the pomp and the circumstance and the, the celebration of the hour. I mean, after all, these people were, were shouting their hosannas. They were waving their palm branches. But I want to submit to you that that's not what Palm Sunday is all about. Palm Sunday is about tears. It's about weeping. It's about crying. You know, we've raised a couple of generations here in the Western world that seem to have lost their tears. I mean, our culture has taught us that it's inappropriate to cry. You know, in the Broadway musical Evita, we hear the former first lady of Argentina saying, Don't cry for me, Argentina. You know, a little time before my time, there was a popular singing group called Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, and they sang a song, a number one hit, Big Girls Don't Cry. We even tell our young sons, Be a man, don't cry. And one of the major problems facing our culture is that we've lost our tears. You know, a brilliant ophthalmologist and friend of mine who has now gone to be with Jesus, his name was Doc Stevens, and he was a, a member of a, of a church I pastored prior. And uh, he shared with me the, the medical truth that crying is a part of an important release valve in many people. I mean, crying can even be a chemical release for emotional stress. I mean, through science, we understand that tears actually release a chemical that relieves stress. And this is why we often feel better after we cry. Tears have a medicinal effect. You know, if sweat pours out of our bodies on a hot day to keep the body cool, and tears flow to release the stress of the soul, like the sweat from a body. You remember in John chapter 11, as our Lord Jesus, and He stood at Lazarus' tomb, and He was saying, to them and to us, it's okay to cry. In fact, God gives us, humanity, tears. No other animal species cries with emotional tears. Dogs don't cry. I mean, while dogs can feel sadness and grief, they don't actually cry in the same way that humans do. In other words, their sad feelings don't prompt a flow of tears. Humans, in fact, are the only created beings on the planet to shed tears as a result of our emotional state. Turtles don't cry. Cats don't cry. But we do. Tears are a gift to us from God. Jesus is telling us on this Palm Sunday that it's okay to cry. He did Himself. This is why King David said, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. See, today I hope to etch in your memory 
the picture of a weeping Christ. Because Jesus wept. Think about that. Some people are too proud to cry. Others haven't cried in years. And still others have lost their tears. But not our Lord. Jesus wept. There are two times, two times in Scripture that record His weeping. Both of them are found on the Mount of Olives. Once on the eastern slope when He wept over our sorrow. Folks, He's touched by our broken hearts. The other was on the western slope when He wept over our sin. He's troubled by our blinded eyes. I would ask you today, is Jesus still weeping? His tears speak volumes to us today. See, today is Palm Sunday. And I would submit that Jesus is weeping over our sorrow. He's touched by our broken hearts. In John chapter 11, I want to read just a couple of verses there. John chapter 11, verse 33. It says... When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35 says, Jesus wept. See, the event was the funeral in Bethany of his dear friend Lazarus. But I want you to notice something. Notice when the Lord Jesus wept. Jesus wept when he saw Mary crying. See, tears touched the the heart of God. Mary's heart was broken. Her brother was dead and, and Jesus was too late. She had no hope to hold on to. She was hurting. And when our Lord arrived on the scene, he saw her weeping. You know, John uses an interesting word to describe Mary's weeping. The word is klaeo, and it means weeping with deep sobs and wails. Mary was pouring out her heart. Our Lord, think about this, He has come from a place where there is no sin, there's no sorrow, there's no tears, there's no tombs, there's no hurting, there's no heartaches. And now He walks upon the scene and He sees her crying with deep sobs, loud wailing. You know, when our Lord saw Mary crying in such a fashion, two things happened. The Bible says that He groaned in His spirit. And it also says that He was troubled. See, as our Lord stood at the tomb of His friend, He was indignant to what sin had done resulting in death and sorrow. And in his restraint, he groans. And he was troubled. The text tells us that what really got to him was Mary's tears. And because behind her heartbreak, that is, the sin that brought such great pain even now, still brings us such great pain. Now John, he simply writes, Jesus wept. Shortest verse in all of the Bible. 
but probably one of the deepest. Mary was upset, and our Lord knew that more than anyone. What would he do? Would he lecture her? Would he rebuke her? Would he try to encourage her? No. She wept. And so he wept. See, Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows because he's touched by our broken hearts. The tense of the verb tells us that he could not hold it in. It was a spontaneous expression of love. Yes, he is the man of sorrows acquainted with our grief. But understand this, that Jesus is not a spectator to our heartaches. He has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. See, some guys think that maybe it's not good to be seen crying. But you know, great men, especially great men of faith, are not afraid to shed tears. You think about the Apostle Paul himself. He reminded those at Ephesus that he had been serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears in Acts 20. And to the Corinthians, he said in uh, 2 Corinthians 2, he said, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears. You know, in the early days of the Salvation Army, when it was a great missionary force throughout England, a young man assigned to a particular city, he wrote back to headquarters and In a telegram, he simply stated, he said, have tried everything, ready to quit. General William Booth wired him back on the telegram with two words. He said, try tears. See, tears move the heart of God. It's Palm Sunday and Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows. He's touched by our broken hearts. Solomon reminds us in Ecclesiastes 3, he said there is in fact a time for tears. Listen, if you need God's attention, try tears. If you need God's attention, try tears. See, the psalmist said that God keeps our tears in a bottle. Not one of your tears falls unnoticed. Or forgotten. You know, tears speak louder than words. Tears have a language all their own and they need no interpreter. Any of us who have raised children know this to be true. Any of us who have held our husbands or wives during times of tears also know this to be true. And nothing moves the heart of God like tears. You remember in the Old Testament, it was King Hezekiah who was about to die. And he was told to get his house in order. And he prayed and he wept and God replied, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Yes, tears touch the heart of God. Try tears. And I would say to you this morning, yes, Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows. He's touched by our broken hearts. I mean, to the government, you may be a number. A social security number. 
But to God, (laughs) you're somebody. I want you to look at your neighbor, whoever you're watching this with, and look at them in the eyes and say, I am somebody. I am somebody. See, the same Lord who saw Mary's tears and wept with her stands by your side today. He's saying to us all across the centuries that it's okay to cry. And it, the fact is, is he is touched by our broken hearts. But I want to give you something else today. Jesus is also weeping over our sins. He's troubled by our blinded eyes. It says there in verse 41 of, of Luke 19, it says, When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city. And wept over it. I mean, do you get the picture? A few days after the experience in Bethany on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives, Jesus finds himself on the back of a donkey making a triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem. The scene is filled with excitement with the cheering crowd who are waving their palm branches. You know, most Palm Sunday messages in most churches are about the parade. They're about the pep rally. But all of that was a sham. And our Lord knew it. Within five days, they would all be gone and their cheers would would turn into jeers. I mean, can you picture him on this Palm Sunday? He's the center of attention. Some would probably say, oh, he must have had a smile on his face. He was riding on the back of a donkey, like riding in a convertible during a parade. Everyone was partying. Everyone was waving. They were shouting their hosannas. But the Lord Jesus, look at him. And as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it. Do you see him? He's the object of their adoration, but he is weeping. Hear him as he, hear hear through his tears as he says in Luke 19, verse 42, if you had known in the day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the, de- the time of your visitation. You know, those, those Jerusalem crowds, they wanted... Stormin Norman Schwarzkopf. They wanted a George Washington who would ride into town and put down the Roman opposition. So when they didn't get what they wanted, their cheers turned into heckles and abuses. Less than a week later, they crowned him a king all right, but with thorns. They stripped him naked They beat him until his back was a bloody pulp. And then they asked, Are you the king of the Jews? What a joke, they thought. And then they laughed. And they laughed. And they laughed. 
Oh, he was a king, all right. But his kingdom was not of this world. His kingdom was of our hearts. And so our Lord Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives and he wept. Now, these were different tears from the ones we read about in Bethany a few days earlier. In Bethany, the Greek word used to describe Jesus' tears was the word dakruo. Dakruo. This is the only time that this verb is found in the New Testament. And it means to shed tears in such a fashion that we weep silently. It's closely akin to, to getting a lump in your throat and then having a tear or two spill out over your eyes. That's how Jesus wept at Lazarus' tomb. When He saw Mary and saw the grave, there was a lump in His throat. Maybe a tear or two came out. Dacruo. However, on Palm Sunday, when we are told that He wept, the Greek word we find here is klaeo. The same words that were used to describe Mary and her loud sobs. In John 11.33, this is also the word used to describe Simon Peter when he wept bitterly after the rooster crowed and he realized that he had denied his Lord Jesus. Jesus wept with loud sobs. Look at the road, the Palm Sunday road. Look at our Lord. The people are cheering. They're waving their palm branches. Oh, they're caught up in the moment. But he broke down and he cried deep sobs that could be heard blocks away. Yes, today is Palm Sunday. And Jesus is still weeping over our sin. He's troubled by our blinded eyes. He's still saying... Like he said in Luke 13, verse 34. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets and stones those sent to her. How often I have wanted to gather your children together just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And you would not have it. Folks, the church in America today does not seem to be weeping over the sins of our people. We do not seem to be troubled by blinded eyes. We are literally watching the decay of our culture and civilization right before us. You know, when I was a kid, we used to read stories about the shootouts in Dodge City, and today we hear about the, the shootouts in our schools and in our churches. When I was a kid, problem students were those involved in talking out of turn, chewing gum in class, cutting in the lunch line, littering on the school grounds. Today the problems are drugs and pregnancies and suicides, extortions, robberies and murder. This is America today. And Jesus is still weeping. But we are not. See, if we viewed our cities as the Lord sees them, we would view them through our tears. The problem with the church today is that she has lost her tears. 
Oh, we may still cry when we watch an emotional movie. We call it a tearjerker. Or maybe when our pet dies, we may cry a little. But throughout the removing of Christ and the Christian values from our culture, doesn't even seem to affect us. So as we raise our hands in worship and we wave our palm branches today, does this story tell us anything, anything at all about ourselves? Is there anything in our lives that might cause our Lord to weep? Is He saying to any of us, how often I wanted to gather you together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Are we just like them? Shouting, supporting, waving our palm branches as long as we get what we want. Even in the midst of our own Palm Sunday, our Lord may still be weeping over our sin. He may still be troubled by our blinded eyes. We don't see it. See, our Lord is still weeping over our sorrows. He's touched by our broken hearts, just as He wept with Mary. He's touched by our own tears. And Jesus is still weeping over our sins. He's still troubled by our blinded eyes. Just as He said to those on the Palm Sunday road, He says to us today, if you had known in this day, even you, the things that make for peace. So let me ask you a question. Does our Lord weep with you today? Or does He weep over you? See, there's a big difference. He weeps with us in our sorrows. And He weeps over us in our sin. You know, the last time the tears were mentioned in the Bible, it was in Revelation 21, verse 4. What an amazing scene in heaven. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Folks, this is the hope of Palm Sunday. Yes, in these days of dusk, disease, and darkness. Remember, God keeps all your tears in a bottle. Why? That He may one day at dawn wipe them all away. You know, maybe David said it best when he said, for His anger is for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy comes in the morning. Let's pray together. Loving Father, I thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, use your words to quicken our heart. Father, to, to cut off the callousness of our hearts so that we too, Father, can be um, sensitive, so that we too can recognize 
the, the pain that we are causing you through our sin. Father, as you comfort us through our sorrow, I pray that we would no longer be blinded by the enemy, but Father, that we would see things as they really are. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would examine our hearts, each one of us, so that we too could confess our sin. And Father, that if we cannot come to that place, that we would try tears. Father, that we would cry tears over our city for you. Father, that they would not be blinded any longer. But Father, that, that we would confess our sin to you. And Father, that times of refreshing would come. Father, that you would heal our land. Father, we need you. We need you today more than ever. And I pray that you would be glorified as your people come to you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Guide us as we respond to you. In Jesus' name.